Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. Hey, Ray. I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. Let's talk the football. We got everything for you. It's sports. It's Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us at Ray and Tay today. Check out RayandTayToday.com. Shoot us your emails. You want to do your picks with us? We'll read it. We'll do it. We'll check it out. Ray and Tay today at gmail dot com. Man, it's exciting. Before we get to the NFL and college picks and, and the baseball last weekend of the season, Ray, we've got news everywhere. Breaking hot off the presses. The last scrimmage in in, in I guess training camp of the day for the Sixers, and I guess the preseason games are starting Monday or Tuesday. Ben Simmons fractures his foot, Ray. And I want to ask you, do you think that there's a little bit of a Philly curse for tanking for those years with Sam Hankey? Everyone's, like, you know, giving him props. Oh, he's a genius, genius. But the, for the basketball gods, right, there's gods of sports, the basketball gods, are they kind of like saying, nah, we're not going to let this work out for you? What, what are your thoughts no, about Simmons? I don't Simmons? believe in that. Uh, look, will he be Sam Bowie uh, or Greg Oden? I don't think so. Or Joel Embiid. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan did it, right? In his second year, he broke his foot and missed most of the year and just was still Michael Jordan. So, yeah. uh, look, big men are always more fragile, and they're always you know, a little bit more difficult to keep healthy. But I don't know. It's way too early to tell with, you know, hopefully Joel Embiid comes back. And maybe Joel Embiid, by not having Ben Simmons there, gets to develop his game and gets to develop his confidence. So, you know, in some ways it could be a blessing. uh, But obviously you want the number one pick in the draft on the, you know, on the court. Now, are they saying that he could come back this year? Or or what are they saying? Oh, yes. They're saying if his surgery, if he needs surgery, it'll be eight weeks the most which, you know, he's still got, what, almost four weeks before the season starts. And if it's not surgery, then he might be back, you know, like a week or two into the season. So, you know, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. You know, so now in other crazy news, you know, things are happening by the minute. It's official. J.J. Watt is officially done for the season. He definitely, remember, I remember listening to our back to one of our old shows that we thought he'd be out by, you know, till like week three or week four. You know, you, now, here's you the can't question. rush We're not, back. Exactly. Surgery. We're not doctors, but remember, when that diagnosis of six to ten weeks first came out, we were like, whoa, that's a lot. And J.J. Watt was always saying, no, I'll be back for week one. So the question is, you hate to ask it, but had he waited, would this re-injury have happened? No, no, no. I mean, he listen, a lot of people have had back surgery and it takes time. You just need things, the scar tissue, the, you know, the bone. I mean, it's just got to heal. So I, I think he, he rushed it and he didn't look great the first two weeks anyway. And then he really got hurt in that Patriots game and he, you know, he was a no-show that day. And um, it's sad. You know, let's see now. Right? Can Clowney and the other guys step up around him? Because they have talent on their defense. Let's be honest. And can can the um, you know can the offense do something? You know, you spent a lot of money on Miller and and Garaf, um, not Garaf, Osweiler. You know, can they step up? So we'll see. I think that's I like to be Fuller you know, and Hopkins. I think they're set at at wide at wide out. Definitely so. What's now? What's your thoughts on? Josh Gordon, who, you know, a week before returning, decides to, you know, go to rehab. I mean, God bless him. He thinks he needs it, and he probably does. 
the question we don't know, was it more than just weed? Was it something that the league kind of forced on him? Or is it just all inspired by him saying, I'm out of control and i got to get better? And now the reports are coming out the Browns are, are probably going to release him. So I think you does said he it make it back to another team? I don't know. I mean, I, I, before this, I would say yes, but I, but I don't know. I mean, you said it best. A week before you're about to get reinstated, you have a bigger problem than than just weed, A. And B, people don't usually have this coming out party randomly. So he probably was about to fail another test or probably yeah. was about to get into some bigger trouble and just said, all right, Tactically, this is the best way out of it to, to to go into rehab while I'm still in the in the program. Basically, writing off this season and hopefully coming back next season. He's still a young guy, but the more time he spent out of football, the harder it is to get back in. First, you got to convince Roger Goodell, and then physically, your body is not what it used to be. You're just out of football shape. It's it's going to be difficult. I I just uh, but you know what, Ray. The Rams could use him. The Bengals could use him. The Seahawks could use him. Teams could use the guy. There's teams that need receivers. So if he's healthy, you got to believe with that talent. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to believe with that talent. Somebody would be like, you know what? Um, yeah, he could be my number two receiver. <laughs> it would be, you know what I mean? So we'll see. Sammy Watkins, Ray. Uh, he goes on okay. IR. So that's eight weeks. Um, is Rex Ryan on the verge of not only getting stomped by the Patriots, but not making it through the season. Is he next? Is he going to get fired if they lose this game and then maybe lose another one, or will he make it through the well, season? Well, I mean, give him credit for think? putting it on the putting it on, on Arizona, the Cardinals. Yeah. Right? That was impressive. I call that all my Arizona fans that want to that want to kill me. They they gave me a little reprieve last week. Um, <laughs> so he look as the injuries keep mounting. He has an excuse for this season, right? Between the whole suspension uh, and the and the injuries, and you know McCoy. That bottom line is they have to get McCoy back to McCoy of two years ago, and then I think every all the pressure will be off of Tyrod. But where's Taylor. Robert Woods and Charles Clay and and and, and Marquise Goodwin? Like, can somebody else get open and catch balls? Yeah, no, you're right. But those yeah. are secondary mm-hmm. receivers. Those those aren't prime time receivers that you can really bank on. I mean, they're right. good when Sammy Watkins is good. They're good when Tyrod Taylor is is doing play action and right. drawing. Well, the now their GM looks kind of silly, right, for trading up for Watkins, where in the same draft you had Odell, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans. You didn't need to trade up for Sammy. I mean, you could you didn't, really but argue. You know what? <laughs> But Sammy Watkins coming out of Clemson, this one I'm okay with. Sammy Watkins, look, in retrospect, of course, just take Odell Beckham at where where did he go, like 13, 11, whatever. You're right, in retrospect. But Sammy Watkins was bigger, better, faster, and much stronger than anybody in that draft. And Buffalo needed some offense. So I don't have a problem going going up and getting Sammy Watkins. I mean, he was basically the Megatron of the draft, you know, eight, nine years later. So it didn't quite That's work true. out, but I, I, I don't I don't even have a problem with that. I, I like that. I mean, if you see a guy that you love, that you think could be a franchise changer and, and a franchise that needed some offense, I'm okay with that one. Okay, real quick, before we get to Thursday Night Football and to the NFL picks, one more thing. What are the Cavaliers doing not getting a contract done with J.R. Smith? They need him. They don't have any other options. They can't pay anybody else. They're over the cap, so they can pay him because he was their guy. But Ray, they they got to camp has been all going on for like four or five days now. They got to get him in. There's something going on there. They don't like him, and they want to. Well, he only wants more money than they want to give him. him. I mean, he wants more term. years. He wants like four years, yeah. and they want to do like a two-year deal. I think. <laughs> And J.R.'s tired of bouncing around, so he wants to make his Oh, own. he wants to stay with LeBron. He's not a fool. Right. Right. I mean, I, I – You think you LeBron – they're think saying LeBron is stepping like, in, you know. Like he did with Tristan Thompson? 
Yeah, well, his his guys represented Thompson. They're not representing Jr. But I think LeBron's stepping in, urging the Cavs to sign him. So uh, I believe they I get it they done. Can. You know what, though? But I, I think Jr. is going to have to give on this one. I don't think the Cavs, being over the cap like that, are going to give him the years he wants. So you think it's a two-year deal at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. No more than two. Yeah. I I don't know if you could trust them more than two. <laughs> I don't I don't sign him longer than LeBron's you know supposed to be signed there. I mean I would say that right off the bat, which is kind of messed up and not fair, but it is what it is. And I guess <clears throat> before we get to the picks, last of the knuckleheads, what's going on with your boy Des Bryant? I don't want to hear uh, Jason Garrett, who I, um, I think he needs to, to be fired. He's a horrible head coach. Don't tell me about Dez being emotional and yada, yada, yada. Tell me that he's unprofessional and he should have come in Monday like all injured players do, get his rehab going on, and then get your MRI done. It's it's a joke. And, and the owner slash GM enables the star players and this is why the Cowboys, they're never going to win the chip. They're not going to win it. They won it because of Jimmy Johnson before. It's not going to be under Jerry's watch. Maybe his son, but it's not going to be under Jerry's watch. I'm sorry. It's too much for me. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said. That's the lamest excuse I heard in a long time. He's emotional, <laughs> and he was scared of the results. So he didn't get tested. Uh, hello? First of all, you have an obligation by contract to show up on Monday. Second of all, if there's a medical issue, you need to find out and then deal with the consequences later and figure out if you want surgery, if you want you know, rehab, if you want just therapy. But this is, I'm scared of the result, and they had the audacity to say that. I mean, that just makes you look like a joke. And, and you know what? You're right. They're, but they're, wait, wait, is it worse that Dez said it or worse that your coach repeated it? Which is worse? Oh, God. Well, Dez said it. You know, Dez is playing the I'm emotional card. It's worse when the coach puts up with it, and then repeats it. I don't it. even think Dez said that. That's what the coach, you know, spun it as. I think Dez was just like, you know, I'm not coming in because, you, know, you know, he's all whatever. I get it, but, Ray, uh, let's move on. Last night, a DJ saved my life, and the best thing I saw out of Miami was not the sound machine, but the orange, almost Tampa Bay Buccaneers popsicle jerseys, the creamsicles. Um, my son hated them. I liked them. Oh, I hated them. But I didn't like him at all. You gotta like Kenny Stills, and then nothing else. You have the Dolphins have no run game. Twenty-two-seven. Uh, you know, Stills did something for me in fantasy. But five years in, five years in, and yes, they have four home games coming up because there was work on the stadium. But Tannehill, I mean Parker, Landry, uh, Stills, he's got some talent. Is this guy the wrong guy? Should they have not paid him that big contract? And they did it two years earlier than they had to. (sighs) The jury's still out on Ryan Tannehill. I am starting to believe that he's not the guy. Now, remember, he had a great week last week before this game. Yeah. Against the Browns, though. Let's be real. Fair. (laughs) But this division will always have the Patriots. It might not always have Tom Brady. Uh, and, you know, eventually Bill Belichick is, is going to go away. But this division is always going to have the Patriots. So you figure that's got to be your benchmark for excellence. And they had that one year about, what, six or seven years ago where they snuck up and won the division. But other than that, this Dolphins team really hasn't been good in 15 years. So where do you go from here I don't know. I mean, they changed coaches. They changed regimes. They've got a new coach. So I guess you got to let the coach run two, three, four years. Let's see what he's got. I'm not sure anymore that Ryan Tannehill is your guy. And not because he's not capable, but because he's inconsistent. <coughs> he's not consistently – like, 
when he plays well, you say, wow, this guy, you know what? We could win with this guy. He's a top 15, 20 quarterback. When he's right, he's decent. He's athletic. He's got an arm. He can, you know, yeah. understands the game. And then he regresses. So, bottom line is, jury's still out of my opinion night. on this. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, the Bengals, I can't kill them for not looking impressive in their win. You know, A.J. Green, I mean, obviously the new father, he got busy, him and Andy Dalton, but they couldn't score touchdowns. But Eifert will be back next week, and they've got to figure out Brandon LaFell or the young kid Tyler Boyd as a, you know, solid number two. I mean, right now it's LaFell, but he's just adequate. Um but, you know, and consistently kind of getting Hill and Bernard, you know, their touches. Do you think the Bengals, <clears throat> two and two through the first quarter of the season, um, Burfick just came back. Do you think they're on the upswing now with Eifert and Burfick being back? Better days ahead of them or? Yeah, I think I think they're going to put it together. I really do. I think they have, okay. except for the depth at receiver, um, Jones is, is, is a big deal. Uh, Brendan LaFell sort of fills the gap in for, you know, sort of a, a number three receiver. But aside from that, this is the same team that, you know, frankly was up on Pittsburgh last year in the playoffs, could have gone and wa- gone on to win that game, should have won that game, and maybe done some things, you know, maybe, I don't know, you could say they're not as, Denver, Denver, yeah. not as good as New England. But you know what? They give them a run for the money. And this team is going to put it together. They're they're two and two. They were one and two. So last night, so the loser goes one and three, and that wasn't going to be the Dolph. Uh, that wasn't going to be the Bengals. So yeah, they, they'll pull it together. I think they end up the season eleven and five, and I think that they're still a very good team. All right, let's get to some of these picks. The Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Ray, this is the leader of the NFC South, the two and one. Panthers are favored on the road by two and a half. You go at it first. What do you got for me? So the Panthers are an enigma. One and two. (laughs) They're basically the same team as last year. They lost Josh Norman, but Josh Norman's not the issue. It's not like they're lighting them up. Uh, Their their cornerback is not the issue. I think they miss Stewart, though. Yes, they do miss Jonathan Stewart. Kelvin Benjamin puts up a zero, a zero, a zero last game. That's a big deal, considering he had the first two games he looked great. He was back, you know, no big deal, missed the season. I have a feeling, though, that Carolina puts it together, and they say, look, you know, we're the class of this division. Atlanta thinks they're all that and the chicken fat, and we really need to reclaim ourselves. So they'll stop Matt Ryan, a couple of interceptions, They'll drive the ball, and the Carolina of, you know, what was it, two weeks ago when they put on 40, put up 41, that team is back. So I think they're a road favorite for a reason, and I think they take care of business in the Dome. I'll give you 31-24. Okay, fantasy guy, who's your stud? Stud is Cameron. Newton, two in the air, two on the ground. He just takes it all, Ooh. takes all the fantasy he's the, points. You're saying he's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> we'll get to him he's, later. Okay. He's Lamar, I, exactly. <laughs> I'll say this, not Lamar Mundane. Ah, you remember that? Lamar <laughs> so I say that a Panther will eat a Falcon any day of the week. And, you know, if the Falcon ever comes down from the sky – and, yes, the Falcons will throw up a lot of stats in terms of passing yards. But I think this one's a shootout, and I think the Panthers win it. They actually cover the spread, barely. I have Gano at the end, 30-27, nice little 42-yard field goal. And I'm going to say it's Benjamin, who's my stud, maybe seven receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, it, it it should be entertaining and and exciting for for all. Now, we've got the Oakland Raiders who seem to cover a lot on the road going up against a 3 and 0 team that we don't know if they're legit and they're a three and a half favorite the Ravens. Um 
I'll let you go at this one first. Fascinating game. What, what do you think? Uh, well, so we're talking about the Ravens, right? The, the Raiders, Raiders and the Ravens. The Ravens. Aura and aura. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm I I I'm want to know if this is the same Ra- Ravens team that <laughs> that I predicted <laughs> to be terrible this year. Terrible. Mm. And the Raider team that I thought would be knocking on the door of playoff success. Hmm. So, you know, I'm not quite ready to issue that apology yet to Baltimore, right? I think they're 3-0, and but I don't want to quite call them Atlanta of last year. Remember I called when Atlanta was 7-1? Yeah. This team is terrible. They're going they're going and they're favored by three and a half, three and a half spread. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm gonna take Oakland. I'm gonna say Oakland wins the game outright. I'm gonna say Oakland goes into Baltimore and they're the better team. And I think that Baltimore had an easy schedule, and by virtue of some close games, and they might have the best kicker in the game in Justin Tucker. <laughs> I just think Oakland's a better team. Uh, Oakland's been inconsistent on defense. Their, their front, their front four and their front seven haven't been as good as, as as we anticipated they'd be. But ultimately, I think David Carr has weapons and he can put up points. And you know, it's a one o'clock road game for a West Coast team, so that's always difficult. But I think Mr. if they Derek. can get over that, I think they win this game. I think they win. I'll say uh, thirty to twenty-three. I agree with what you said, but we we don't want David playing because he's old and he's retired. But Derek Carr is the man, and I think it's time for him to prove that he's the man. And I think he has a little bit of a field day on this Ravens secondary. Um, Flacco will do good because I think the Raiders' defense, especially pass defense, has not proven itself. I think they missed the leadership of Charles Woodson. And – I'm looking for Cooper to have a, a big day, maybe six for, you know, 82 and a touchdown. And I think the Raiders, I'll take them 27-23 over the Ravens who come down to earth. How about the Seahawks at the Jets? No Eric Decker and a starting but banged up Russell Wilson and probably no Jimmy Graham. His back is uh, hurting him again. So now he's Seahawks questionable. Are... I have him on a couple fantasy teams. You think? He's yeah, no. Be don't out? play Jimmy Graham. Don't play Jimmy Graham. I, I don't know if they gave the official out yet, but it's looking like he's going to miss the game. So get another tight end. Seahawks are favored by three and a half. You say what? I say the Jets. The league is ready to call their bluff. Um, they are, unless they're they're at full strength. And unless they have all their dogs, uh, I don't think Matt Forte can carry this team. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, can throw six interceptions. He can also throw three or four touchdowns. I just don't think that against this Seattle team he does. And Seattle needs to get it together. Now, if Russell Wilson's out, I think it's a different story. But I think if Russell Wilson is in there enough, Doug Baldwin had a big game. Jimmy Graham was starting to turn the corner. Uh, I think they're favored for a reason, Seattle. I think it's to be a close, low-scoring game. But I think that three is exactly the spread it should be. I think that's a perfect spread. And I think Seattle wins a close game, I'll say, 20-17. to 17, Exactly three-point spread. Okay. But the spread's three and a half, so that would mean okay. you take the Jets with the spread. Yeah. Um. I'm going to go with the Jets and the spread, but the Seahawks to win. I think this is like my old Super Bowl pick two years ago. I'll say 24-23 yeah, no, Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I, you know, the, that spread is three and a half. Um, but I think that the Seahawks win, Jets cover the spread. But I, this is a hard game, right, because I think if the Jets are the team we want them to be, they should win this. They really should. But like you said, I, I just got a funny feeling the Seahawks are, are ready to, you know, Kristen Michael looks pretty good, and I think Doug Baldwin's going to be the guy, you know, seven for 75 and a touchdown. That guy has, has stepped his game up ever since he had the, you know, back-and-forth beef with Deion Sanders. So the Seahawks win and cover, I'll say, 26-20. Hmm. 
Actually, I'm sorry, no, I said 24-23. So I'll stick with the Jets covering the spread. But Seahawks win 24-23. All right, for nostalgia, before we do Sunday night, let's do it. 35 years since uh, Montana to Clark this upcoming season in the playoffs. The Cowboys at the Niners. The the Cowboys are favored by two and a half on the road. That might go down a little without Dez. Um, What do you think? This is a weird game really is and and chip kelly's the wild card because this team san francisco is so hard to read right sometimes they've got this real smart innovative offense and then other times it's like really that that, this is horrible offense and and they rely on their defense now if des was was in and a factor i would definitely say the cowboys um without des you know who's your next best guy cole beasley be easy um, Jason Witten is, is you know his best days are way behind him. Ezekiel Elliott's a rookie. Um, is Smith back on the uh, offensive line? Because he missed last game. Mm, so I'm not sure about that one. We got to check up on that. But uh, you know what? I'll still say that the, that the Cowboys win a tough, close, low-scoring game. I'll say they win. They eke it out. I'll say uh, twenty. 23-21 Cowboys on the road On the How road the Cowboys? Well, you know, this one is It's so funny, right? For so many years These are the two best teams in the league And in the NFC You know, the two of them throwing Green Bay But that was a long, long time ago <clears throat> And I think both these teams Are going to see some Hard times. Cowboys are way ahead talent-wise with that offensive line and Elliott and the future Dak Prescott. I think Prescott, without Dez, has a big game, and I think he actually takes advantage of his feet a little bit more. I think Cole Beasley, who is his favorite receiver, finally gets an end zone. He's got no touchdowns. So I'll take Beasley for a touchdown and maybe like nine grabs. 71 yards and a touchdown. I think Ezekiel will get in the end zone. I think the Cowboys win this game and cover the spread. I'll say uh, 23-17. I think Blaine Gabbert gets benched and Kaepernick comes in and and gets you one one or two of those touchdowns. Yeah, I think eventually he's going to lose the locker room and people are going to think he's a racist if he doesn't play him. I mean, even the Seahawks were like last week, why didn't they play, you know, Kaepernick? You know, Glenn Gabbard was atrocious, and he's been horrible ever since week one where he was, you know, okay. But um, So I I think eventually he's going to lose the locker room if he doesn't get – get rid of Gabbard because he's just he can't produce so now Sunday night football this is what it's all about you have Jamal Charles returning you have Le'Veon Bell returning and you have the Steelers at home favored by five and a half what do you got well coming back off injury I'm always worried about the first game now, Jamal Charles might play for KC, but obviously Le'Veon Bell's playing for Pittsburgh. This game is prime time, prime time, prime time. <laughs> and I got to say, I always disrespect Kansas City. And more <laughs> often than not, they come back to haunt me. And they always play good defense. They're always in the games. The question is, can offense hang with you guys now you guys are coming off of a three-point game against philly but i think that that was an anomaly i don't think that's the real pittsburgh now that you have Le'Veon bell back i think your offense starts rolling uh and i think maybe not this week but maybe next week you put it in fourth or fifth gear because you guys are going to try to get Le'Veon back into the rotation which means a little less for antonio brown a little less for the tight ends and more for the backs. Uh, so I think you you have some kind of growing pains here, but I do think you handle Kansas City. Uh, it'll be a close game throughout, but I don't think Kansas City's ever really – you ever look at Kansas City as winning this game. So I'll say 26-20 Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, to cover the spread. I agree, but I'll say 27 20 
27-20, they cover the spread. I think uh, Le'Veon's going to show out why he's um, really the best back in the league. <clears throat> I think he'll get like four or five receptions. He'll run for like 60, 70 yards. Uh, D'Angelo Williams will still get his carries this week, and they'll start to dwindle. He'll get like 10 carries, and it will start to go down to five to seven. And I think Antonio Brown has a big game as well. Kansas City is really tough at home, but on the road and Sunday night, I, I don't know if Alex Smith will be able to exploit our secondary the way that other teams can. And we're actually pretty decent against the run this year. So um, unless he can get, get it to Macklin and Kelsey down the field, I, I don't think they'll be able to you know, keep drives going and they'll get some field goals. So 27-20, Steelers do it. A.B. gets in the end zone and probably eight receptions in my fantasy stud. So Monday we'll come back and do Monday Night Football, which is a good one this week, right? We got Giants at Minnesota. So that should be tons of fun. Let's keep it moving. Let's throw in a quick beat and come back. We got four great college football games. Talk some Saturday Ooh. college football. First of all, quick <laughs> shout out. Wait, first Friday. Houston. Well, starting yes. on Friday was starting on Thursday. So shout out, quick shout out to Houston who won forty-two fourteen over Connecticut. And remember, they have to run the table if they want to, you know, take care of business, go to that Big Twelve championship or go to that championship game. Sorry, and then. Uh, Take one of those final four spots from a from a power conference team. So and they do play Louisville at the end of the season, and that's, so you're that's right their about season that. right there. Yep, that's their season. Well, right they there. need so, Oklahoma to beat TCU this week so Oklahoma could keep winning and and stuff like that. But let's start off with tonight, ESPN nine o'clock. As soon as we're off the air, you can get your dinner, your popcorn, or whatever, and we have a Pac-12 classic. I'm going to jump on, on the college ones first. Number seven, Stanford, friend to the show, David Shaw, one of the probably top five coaches, maybe even top three if you want to go so bold, behind Saban and Meyer, top three to five so coaches in college football. You know, you know he is. He, he is. He's got to open it up a little bit. But he he makes it so he's in every game. Now, but he all may, maybe he lets the other teams in too. But I would say, you know, maybe Harbaugh's ahead of him, but he's definitely top five. I'd give David Shaw that. But they're going to Washington, Ray, and it's hard playing up there. Washington's number 10, and the quarterback, Browning, has been lighting it up. You know, the kid's got 14 TDs already. I'm not in love with Stanford's quarterback. Their offense is still trying to get it together, and Christian's been doing good. You know, I mean, he's probably still in second place in Heisman voting, um, way behind Lamar Jackson, you know, but he's not killing it like we thought he might, you know, but he's definitely doing good. I think at the end of the day what's going to happen is exactly what we said. Stanford could stay in games, but this Washington team, Ray, they can score. And at home, they can put up points. you got Gaskin who can run it. You know, you've got some nice receivers on the outside. And I think what's going to happen at the end of the day, <clears throat> when I had Stanford like maybe five or six in my final poll and missing the, the playoffs, you know, the Pac-12 team, and it's because of, of this matchup where Washington will beat Stanford at home and then later on Washington might get clipped off by somebody else. I think Washington wins this game, I'm going to say 27-23 at home, and they take down the Stanford Cardinal, and they wind up moving all the way up to probably like six or five in the country. Go wow. Huskies. Yeah, wow. Washington wins it. What you got for me? Who you got? I'm, I'm still rolling with Stanford. Um, Ooh, you're rolling with rush management. <laughs> yeah, I still think that defense <laughs> travels. 
Um, Christian McCaffrey's the best player on the field. I think he'll have his breakout game up in Seattle. This Seattle offense can score, though. So it really comes down to can Stanford hold Washington to, let's say, under 30? Because this Washington team is averaging 45. I don't think this Stanford team, as they're configured right now, can score that. So it really (laughs) comes down to Stanford's D keeping this game close, and I think they will. I think Stanford ekes out a 27-24 victory on the road. Don't know how they'll get 27 points, but Christian McCaffrey will be involved. (laughs) I think he'll get his 250 in all-purpose yards. Maybe he'll do some things on special teams, get win the field position game, and I think that Stanford be real stays, <laughs> yeah, right, stays undefeated in the Pac-12 and puts the first loss on the Washington Huskies. Well, either way, I think for a Friday night football game, we are in for a treat. I mean, you can't you can't get much better than than that matchup. I mean, it's it's really absurd uh, in terms of what the fans got, but. Let's get to Saturday, another great matchup, Wisconsin, another top ten matchup. We haven't had two of these since, like, I don't know, was, they said it was like uh, 04, 02, or we got way back in a while. We got three top tens. <clears throat> oh, that's right, we had three of them. We got Clemson, Clemson right, yeah. Clemson, Louisville. We so, got three of the top ten teams yeah. playing each other. That's crazy. It's been a long time, they said, yeah. So number eight, Wisconsin, travels to number four, Michigan. Now, the fascinating thing about this one is that they've switched, you know, Wisconsin switched their quarterback, and this kid uh, is having some success. But I like uh, the Spate kid for for, for uh, Michigan. I think he's did you see got how Harbaugh handled him his first pass or his first drive? He threw the interception, and then since then he's been all good. I think he's been nine touchdowns. Yep. So he nine touchdowns, only one pick. And his one pick exactly was the first right. game, first quarter. And Jim yep. Harbaugh was like, you'll be all right, man. Just, you know, shake it off. I've been there. That's the benefit of having a a quarterback as your head coach, you know. He he speaks quarterback. And I think he knows how to get to these guys. Look, Smith is running downhill on kids. Um, I think he's going to get in the end zone. And I think at the end of the day, Michigan is just going to keep pounding them, pounding them. They'll get, to, get it to the tight end. And what's going to happen is that Wisconsin will be in it for two and a half quarters, and then Michigan pulls away. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to be 31, uh, I'll give Wisconsin 23. 31-23, Michigan takes care of the Badgers, and Michigan could potentially move up depending on who loses in the other games. What you got? Hail to the victor. <laughs> Michigan. Go blue. Go blue. Michigan has scored 45 points for four straight games. Can they put 45 on the Wisconsin Badgers? Maybe not. But they can come close. I think they're going to put up a good 35. And I just don't think Wisconsin has the guns match them. So Michigan State, uh, sorry, Michigan, and they're playing in the big house, 103, 4, 5, 6,000. I'm going to be packed in there to see that team. We got to go I there still, for a game. Uh, I still think Wisconsin's a little bit overrated. I'm I'm not sure when you're in your heart of hearts. You smell a little last year's Iowa. in your heart of hearts, I don't think you really, really believe that they're the eighth best team in the country. I mean, look, I like their coach, they beat though. Michigan I like their State, coach. and that's I, I can't take anything away from them. We're looking at this LSU team kind of imploding in front of us, uh, not to take anything away from them, right? When they played, LSU was ranked number five, but now LSU is, you know. But that Michigan State win was so impressive. That Michigan State <laughs> I mean, win was very impressive. That's a legit win. But I think this Michigan team's at another level, and Harbaugh's hungry and on a mission. And like you said, between you know Spate looking good and and the tight end and and Darbach and Smith, yeah, they're 
they're hard to guard, and I think that they are just an offensive machine, and Wisconsin can't put up those kind of points. So I like uh, Michigan to win pretty easily. I'll say 35-23. Well, before we get to the big one, we got another big matchup in SEC, number 11, Tennessee at you know, this makes me angry. Number 25, Georgia, who has no business, Ray, being in the top 25. I just uh, – it, it turns my stomach. I think they did that just for CBS and, and the rankings and the ratings, right, to have four top 25 matchups, if you, if you want to know the truth. That's how I feel on that one. Um, you know, it, it, it just shouldn't even be. But it is, and I think Tennessee and Dobbs – look – this quarterback is getting more and more confident. Ten TDs, five interceptions. He can't get turnover happy. But Nick Chubb's not playing. And this means Eason has got to step up. He's got to, you know, use his arm, his judgment, everything. And even though he's at home, and, you know, Tennessee beat Florida at home, big comeback. But I just don't know if Eason, even at home, could take advantage of Tennessee the way Florida did to put up the points. And I think Hurd's going to have a big game, and I think uh, Dobbs will have a big game. Again, Malone is, you know, he's starting to become a touchdown machine, got five uh, receiving touchdowns. And Tennessee's going to put it on him, and Georgia's going to look decent for a bit, but this one's going to get bad. I'm going to say 34-20, Tennessee takes care of Georgia. I agree with everything you said. The only person that could beat Tennessee is Tennessee. So – the question is, who does Tennessee come out and resemble? The team that played Florida in the first half and looked terrible, or the team that played Florida in the second half coming back from that deficit, that 18 in a row, 18 unanswered points, and beating Florida. So the other thing to keep in mind is that this is Tennessee's first road game. So they've played four games already, and they've all been at home. Uh those are the only two factors that lead me to believe that Tennessee is not going to absolutely steamroll Georgia. Um, so, I, like you, I, I got a 15, two touchdowns. I think Tennessee wins this game. Okay, two touchdowns. Um, this one is going to be interesting, and I think at the end of the day, it's <clears> – <throat> It's all about Jackson, and it's all about Watson. And the question is, can Louisville and Jackson play big on the road in Death Valley? I mean, in um, not Death Valley, what do they call Clemson? Um, What do they call their stadium? Oh, uh, Death Valley. Yeah, no, they're in uh, Death Valley, yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, I was thinking LSU, but yeah, Clemson is Death Valley. And it's going to be loud, it's going to be big time, and, you know, Clemson, I think they're going to step up for it. Not loving their defense, though, but this is going to be a classic shootout. But unfortunately, I think Jackson is is special, and we're seeing where we thought Deshaun Watson was so special. I think Jackson is specialer. <laughs> and, specialer. And, I like that. And I think I think that they win 35-31. I think he throws for three. He runs for two. Keep in mind, Louisville's running backs are pretty good. Even though Jackson's leading them in rushing, and he's like, I think, second or third in the nation in rushing, they still have decent running backs. Their secondary is not bad. Clemson, you know, has had a couple different injuries. And Clemson just hasn't looked sharp to me. Now, maybe they, you know, turn it around for the opponent. But I just – and this is going against my picks. I pick Clemson to win it, you know, so that sometimes you just got to see what's happening and be real with yourself and say, self, you were wrong. <laughs> and Louisville is going to win 35 35- 31, and there goes my pick for the chip. I guess they could still win it. They just won't be undefeated winning it. So, you know, Clemson could still bounce back. But Louisville wins, right? Louisville wins. It's hard to win road games against top five opponents in your conference. Now, granted, Louisville and Clemson have not been 
longtime ACC rivals, right? Louisville just got there a minute ago, whereas Clemson is obviously one of those anchor tenants of the conference. But still, on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern in Death Valley, these Louisville Cardinals were averaging 63 points a game are not going to be able to do the things that they did to Marshall, Florida State, Syracuse, and Charlotte. Don't believe they'll be able to do that to Clemson as easily. Now, Clemson doesn't have a shut-them-down defense. I mean, they've got a pretty decent defense. Now, they haven't really played anybody. So they played Auburn was on a down year. They played Georgia Tech was also on a down year. So Clemson hasn't really played anybody. But I do think that at home they'll be able to keep the game close. I don't think Louisville's going to run away from them. And the thing is, since Louisville hasn't played anybody, they haven't played any close games. So we don't know how this kid Lamar Jackson is going to play when it's close. Little nerves get under your skin a little bit. Maybe you make a mistake. Maybe you make a mistake. He is special. But <laughs> I think Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson, he's got a little bit more experience being in the national championship game, being in the spotlight, being in the Heisman Trophy microscope. I think they're going to do just enough, Clemson, to win in a fairly high-scoring game, but not the game that Louisville wants, not the ultimate track meet. I think they're going to win 38-34 and hold it down. ACC keeping their chance at the national championship alive. So I'm taking a Clemson tie. I can't wait to watch that one. That is must-see TV. So real quick before we end with baseball, we gotta we gotta give some love to the two Big Twelve games. Um, these teams should probably both be ranked. But Oklahoma at twenty one TCU, I think Oklahoma bounces back and beats a, a TCU team on the road because Mayfield and and Mixon and Piran are like, you know, we can still win our conference and and still you know maybe you know do something this season. So yeah, I, I, mean, I got Oklahoma beating TCU. Losing, getting a third loss? I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, 34-30, I got that one. What, you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll say a little less, a little lower scoring. I'll say uh, 30 to 26. And in a fascinating matchup, Texas number 22 at Oklahoma State. This Oklahoma State team is really talented. I want Texas to win because, you know, I just I like Charlie and I like where the program's going. But Barry Sanders Jr. is there, and Oklahoma State has got some talent. And Rudolph, the quarterback, I like him. I got Oklahoma State winning. How about 31-27, Oak State? Okay. I can't, look, I can't disagree with that. I think Oklahoma State is uh, probably the better team. They're at home. It's just prime for them to, to put it together, right? They were a preseason top 25 team, whereas Texas wasn't. Uh, Texas obviously had that big win over Notre Dame, but they've also lost. They lost a, a shootout to Cal, and they're they're giving up a lot of points. This Texas D, you know, they gave up 50 to Cal and 50 to Notre Dame. So, in Oklahoma, I think that that uh, the Cowboys are just too much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State. I'll say they win 33-30. The weekend's here. Three games left in the season. Baltimore is 2-0 up on the Yankees. Toronto is down one nothing to the Red Sox, and the Red Sox have nothing to really play for. If you could debate, maybe they want to try to catch Texas if that's still possible. But you know, Toronto and Blue and, and Baltimore. Baltimore played a great series against them. They're both tied. <clears throat> what happens? Detroit's a, what a full game back or a game and a half back? Game and a half. And they're playing. This is weird. See, this is why I hate the schedule. Detroit's playing what against Atlanta? Last yeah, week, last weekend of the season, right? This three, is horrible. Three nothing. They scored three in the top of the Good first. Good for them. 
So I, basically, they're going to have to play that game on Monday, probably against the Indians. I think the Tigers will sweep the Braves. What happens, Blue Jays, Orioles? What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> let's just figure out this AL wild card. How's it going to play out? And do you think we'll need the Monday play-in and potential Tuesday playoff for the wild card? No, I I don't. I actually think that Toronto okay. and Baltimore hold on a game and a half with three left. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, there's only one in the loss column, but uh, but but D- D- Detroit will have to play that last game. No, I, I don't think so. I think that Toronto. I, I think actually, I think Detroit might have to play the game with, but then they won't. But then they'll lose. So I actually think that to, Toronto wins. Baltimore comes in second, and uh, like you said, Boston's not playing for anything. So I don't think they they're can. already up one nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So okay. So we'll see how that plays out. I agree. I think it's going to be Toronto and Baltimore. Uh, surprisingly, Baltimore could probably be that home team now, though. If they, you know, if Toronto can't score any runs, we'll see what happens. And the Mets, they're already up two one, and they're at Philly. I expect them to sweep Philly. But what do you think with the Giants hosting the Dodgers? And the Cardinals hosting the Pirates. How does the NL wild card play out? So both teams have nothing to play for um, the, in different ways, right? The Dodgers obviously have clinched, but they're not going to catch the Cubs or the Nationals. And the Pirates are out. So I think it's strictly a matter of the Mets have 74 losses, the Giants have 75, and the Cardinals have 76. So Cardinals are the odd man out, huh? The Cardinals are the odd man out. I'm I'm going with the I, Mets and the Giants so. right now. The Mets are down yeah, one nothing to the Phillies, right? I'd love to play the Phillies in the last three games of the season. Yeah, the Mets are a weird team. This is uh you know, maybe Cespedes will bang one out, but they're they're really a bizarre team. So yeah, so I think um well no no, the Mets jumped up ahead now. They're up two one. Oh they did? Okay. Yeah, yeah and the four. So, but um, so I'll say this: beautiful services and Major League Baseball honoring Jose Fernandez. Very sad week, and you know, very very sad all around situation. Um, but I thought everybody did a great job with that. So, listen, great show, great sports weekend. Obviously, on Monday we'll do the Giants and Vikings, which is a big game, and. Um, I don't know, Ray. This is real quick. Jags. We wake up nine thirty and six thirty to see <laughs> the Jags and Colts, which I, I think is torture for London. Uh, who, who, is that one worth getting up for? Terrible game. Uh, <clears throat> they got to stop doing this to the people. They got to yeah, stop. They, it. <laughs> they really do. I mean, I, I get that you want to be cooling the gang for them <laughs> over there. But why so early, right? Why can't this be a, a an afternoon game for them? Well, they're right? doing or three games, three games in London and one in Mexico City. But at least in Mexico City, it's what I think it's the Texans and Raiders, which is right, a good it's game. Right, the U.S. You know, it's it, it's what is yeah. uh, the. But this is brutal. Now the Jags go every year, I guess, because Khan is you now he's I think Middle Eastern, but he I think he might be from London. I'm not sure. So, I, you know, maybe he globally wants to go over there for the Jaguars, I, I guess. I don't know, right? But who's going to win it? How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Can I say it's a tie? <laughs> I'm going to go with a tie. Uh, that would be perfect. Like 22 <laughs> <laughs> uh, 22. Yeah, I'm sure my kids will wake me up, so I'll be up at 6 30. I might as well turn it on with breakfast and playing toys with three year olds. So. Um, well, look, great show. Enjoy the last weekend of baseball. Enjoy week four of the NFL and week five of college football. We got some great games. So uh, we'll see you on Monday. We're out. Enjoy the weekend. All right, peace.